Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Well, Jesus. That's a good way to start the show. Hello, Hello. everybody. Welcome to Are You Instant Reaction Review. (laughs) I am your host, uh, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is um, Doxious Fidgeter. Right, I am. Jesus Caller. I didn't, you know, look, we're almost at Easter. Yeah. uh, Hello. Shane Leonard. (laughs) Hey, how are are you? Sorry. Like, as soon as the music stops, we were... We were just talking, and I didn't have anything on, no headset, no mic ready, and then we got the countdown of five seconds, and then, and then I started trying to fit everything, and anyway. Well, you had more important stuff to do, though. We, okay. <laughs> yeah. So now, this, we this week, we got a, a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. And uh, we missed last week and actually got some emails about it and stuff, but, uh, but we have stuff based on emails to do, too. Okay. But we've got two movies to do, so, right. so we, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff to cram in. And uh, before we even do that, I just want to uh, sort of you know plug in in my own way or whatever yeah. um, the new Fargo show coming out. Right, uh, it is awesome. I, I really like it. Did and, you see any more? How many have you seen so far? I've seen four. Four now. So you have four seen more since I talked to you. Yeah. And it's still getting and better that, or is good? Yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's cool. It is It is so much fun. And it's it's weird, actually, because, uh, you know, with all the movies and TV, that we, you know, it's it's sort of like doing the movie reviews. Yeah. If we really get excited by a movie, if we walk out of a movie and go, wow, right. then, I mean, that's really something because, you know, we do nothing but watch movies all the time, right? Even, yeah. even when movies are really good, most of the time the show is like, <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, right. there's, there's that, a lot of control to that that's just how that, That's just how that's going to happen. But when I started watching the uh, Fargo show, like when the first episode ended – and I have to say, I have to throw this out in case people are, are listening and paying attention and are going <laughs> to tune in. Do not let the first 15 minutes throw you. Right. This you, is what can't, you, me. you can't stop for any reason uh, watching until, I mean, I guess if you make it all the way to the end of the first episode and you think <laughs> I'm crazy and it sucks, then you can stop watching. But uh, after the first 15 minutes, it's a little bit rough, and I think... It, I blame it on the fact that it's a 10-episode show, and that's all it's going to be. And certain parts of the very beginning, they're just trying to get through it so fast right. that they kind of go, you know, what's the quickest way we right. can say what we have to say and and get over it and move on? Right. Because it's ultimately not super important, and there's so much else they want to get to. Yeah. That I don't know. That's that's the excuse I'm making for the show. <laughs> I could be. It could just be that they suck. I'm 
know. But, but you were telling me you're super impressed with Martin Freeman and yeah, Bob Thornton and, 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 they're and everybody, right? They're all like, good. They're all so yeah. good. And it's it's so weird. And what's really getting to me going all the way through through four episodes now is that, as you might expect from a Coen Brothers movie, right? right. it's like the tiny little things yeah. that right. that really add – you know, just those little bits, like the things that are complete throwaway things that you kind of think don't matter until you see something that gets them all right. Right. And then you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, one of them that is uh, that just kind of cracks me up and it could be just me, but um, it it really kind of works for me in this very weird way. But just as an example, uh, Oliver Platt is is in the movie. Right. Right. And uh, he plays this guy who's uh, kind of an asshole. He doesn't come in uh, until, I think, like the third episode. Yeah. But uh, he plays this guy. He's like the grocery store king of Minnesota or whatever. And, like, literally, <laughs> like, awesome. the, like it's, the grocery stores are, like, king something or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like king market or king. Some P- crazy yeah, thing right. or whatever it is. And he calls himself the king and all, you know, whatever. But anyway, he's got all these grocery stores, and he's like some big shot, and uh, uh, someone is blackmailing him or whatever. Hilarity ensues, whatever. But he's he's basically like a big jerk guy, right? Right. And he's got like a bad back, and he's constantly taking these little pills, mm-hmm. right? And they're you know they're like you know they look like Vicodin. I mean they're not. Right. The, the, yeah. I, I think I think they're actually like super Tylenol or something. They're not they're not even anything awesome, right? Yeah. But anyways, just he takes these little pills and he takes them all the time, and you know they're like not chewable pills. They're pills you swallow, right? Right. But he pops them in his mouth and he crunches them. Yeah. And he and he like chews them and it makes this noise, right? Yeah. He like pops in and it gets like. <laughs> And it's such a weird thing, but it freaks me out when he does it because, first of all, that's just gross. Right. <laughs> right. Not how you're supposed to take the medicine. And and it just makes such a weird noise. Yeah. And it's just such a perfect thing that this guy who's such a donkey jerk would be would the guy do. who does the guy that's right. Doing it, yeah. <laughs> he would be the guy who would do that. Yeah. And, and it. And as he keeps doing it, I just keep thinking, it's so awesome that he does that. Right. And it's such a stupid thing. That's cool. To, like, think it's and a good a, thing, yeah. right? Right. But, but it's the little things. Right. But there's so much weird stuff that happens. And what's weird, too, about it, in a strange way, you know how we've talked about uh, – TV shows that like should have been movies or yeah. movies that should have been TV, TV shows right, or whatever, you know. And it's just weird to see this where it was a movie. This this isn't really super related to it, except that it's in some strange way kind of in the same world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's That's in the funny. same backdrop, but it's not the, the same, same story, movie, yeah. right? And uh, just to see it going through and, you know, so now I'm almost halfway done, but just to like to think that it ends – Right, it's so weird that to is watch weird. now because yeah. that's just not right, that's yeah. just not how it works. Right? I actually, that's, just because you're talking about TV <clears throat> for a second, I, I had a couple people ask me the other day when we were going to talk about True Detective, uh, which is interesting because it's you know this is a movie show, same, and, same but it is in the thing, same right? vein because they were saying, man, that would be an amazing movie, and I thought I haven't actually seen all of it yet. I I'm still either. catching up, but I'm enjoying it. I'm literally watching it right not right, right. now, literally, but I'm watching it this weekend. 
and it's it's great. Yeah, like it's a lot of fun, and I can see why as a film it would work. But it was another thing since you brought up Fargo. I was just thinking, man, a couple people really have asked if we were going to do it, and I thought, right, um, we there's no reason we couldn't, but we never talked about it. So. Right. So uh, anyway, that's just uh, I got to throw that out just because cool. it's, it's so good. And it's something and, to see because it's coming up soon. The thing that's crazy, yeah, it's uh, I think it's on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, the, the, the replace the, is justified. I the think. thing that is weird is that uh, you know when the first episode ended, oh my god, I have to see the next episode, right? And that never happens, right? right. I mean, yeah, you're always like, like, eh, whatever, maybe. Right. I mean, I mean, it wasn't that bad. We have uh, you know, there's too much TV to watch if I was doing that all the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so now here's the thing. Uh, we just got to get the ratings out, even though we have, yeah, other, even though we have, other and we've stuff got two to films to do too. So this will be, this will be interesting. <clears throat> and I kind of predict that we may have some differences here. And you know, yeah. I'm telling you, uh, I'm going to throw this out. Uh, please email us at, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can email us at, uh, questions at com or Mark Eastman at com, or you can go to com and go to the contact page, whatever. Um, but we love getting the emails. We get lots of cool emails. We got stuff coming up right now, partially based off of getting emails. But, yeah. you know, questions about movies, comments, whatever, let us know. Um, but we <laughs> we keep getting emails that say, say the day the movie. Right, or we'll do them quicker. So <laughs> we'll show we can do it right now. But what we also get a lot of emails about is uh, hoping for differences between us we'll get them sooner because when we you know we both we usually see them in half right we <laughs> usually see them in genre films where i like right. a horror film more or you like the westerns that you dig and right uh well anyway i have a feeling we might have we some might have differences but this will be interesting because we'll give our ratings and then we'll do other stuff for a while and then yeah. we'll talk about and then we'll come back to it right um so we got uh captain america and uh draft, and draft day. this this week an odd combination. It is kind of, of a weird one too, and it's more my fault that we didn't get the show last week. But we're playing catch ah, up whatever, this week, that's so. fine. Um, and we we have a couple of interview clips. Um, yeah, I just I'm seeing that. That's cool. More more Costner than uh, Captain America. Yeah, but that's okay. anyway. Okay, so uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yep. I am really pretty good at three and a half. Oh my god, this is the hugest problem ever I then. hated this movie. Wow. I really did. I hated a lot of it, especially after the first half hour. I really liked the first half hour. Yeah. And then after that, it was just, you know, uh, it, it was everything that happened I'd seen a million times before and didn't mm-hmm. like it the first time. <laughs> well, this is this is the day you've been waiting for. Well, thank this is God. this is huge. You're three, three and a half, or you're three, three and a half. You're three and a half. I'm I'm pretty solid at eight. I might be eight and a half. Eight. Yeah. Oh, I thought this was. I thought God. as a film. I thought as a film, and we'll get into it. Not only just because of the comic book nuances and all the fun like Easter egg things that I saw throughout. That I, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I had a lot of fun watching it. Even though there will be things that I have. I, I, I had a couple problems with it. It wasn't just like I had so much fun like the Avengers. Let's just sit down and watch it again. Uh, I had a but lot I of really fun. I had a I had a lot of fun watching it, and I thought it was going to be a lot. Uh, I thought it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. 
So yeah, I had. I actually expected it to be pretty good because I liked the first one a lot. I've got a question about this film when we get into it, and it's <clears> not to it's not to demean your your choice can be you know you didn't like the film no matter what, but you saw it under pretty interesting circumstances, uh, and I wonder if that had yeah, anything to pain. do. Yeah, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. But no, but that actually it, it is did. insulting because it, it suggests like you can't be true to the right. you know. But you were in a lot of pain. I but, was. But anyway, actually. the movie didn't make it feel any better. Wow, that's the biggest that's the biggest leap we've had. We've yeah, had like three stars before, but this is five. Because I'm feeling on a letter score, and I know we don't right. do a letter score, I'm thinking that's a B-plus film for me. And that's about eight and a half. Right. Because an A would be nine stars and Now and we're going to translate all our ratings yeah, into like eight it. different versions. Well, I like, to, I like to throw these out for when you redo the website again, right. and you exactly. go to letters <laughs> instead of numbers. <laughs> you, you can make an easy transition. Pretty soon I'm just going but to look, like random symbols. You're... <laughs> It's not even good. I get the Zoso Led Zeppelin This is sign. like a moon and a star and a <laughs> smiley face. You, you're at three and a half, and I'm at eight and a half. And that's the biggest disparity we've ever had. That, Five that stars is, is huge. That is really big. That's true. Over Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And, you know, it's, it's well, weird. Wait, we haven't even done draft day. Maybe this will <laughs> right, be six. That'd be really This would be really funny. Um, well, no. That it, would make me we, crack up we hard. If, if we you were like, I gave that a nine, much, and I'm we like, can't that's have a two. that much difference on draft day. I can, no, I can tell no. you that right now. There's wonder, no way to have that much difference, I don't think. I wondered about, uh, why, because you're at five, and no matter where I go, I can't be I'm more like, than five? Because I'm like, I'm close to you're five. You're horrible. I'm, I'm close to five, except I'm, I'm not right at five. But, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> anyway, before we start going crazy with Captain America, because <laughs> now we'll just review that whole movie right. and never come back. Um, so, Draft Day. Draft Day, I am uh, really pretty solidly at five and a half. Yeah. Because it, that's just it, it. Everything was so average about it to me, except I will say this. Um, well, actually, I'll say two things. First of all, I really <laughs> hated Jennifer Garner, and yeah. the movie almost lost some more right. just because I couldn't stand her. We have a clip of uh, Kevin Costner really loving on Jennifer Garner just and <laughs> oh, yeah. just because I think it's hilarious. Okay, uh, but the other thing is. I can see easily people liking this movie a lot more than I have any ability to like it. Right. Because a lot of this movie, yeah. for me watching this movie, a lot of of just sitting there watching it was going, really? Yeah. Does this shit happen? <laughs> it was sort of like, yeah. um, because I'm even, you know, kind of like a football fan, not like, you know, not huge or right. whatever. But I mean, I like football and I yeah. watch football and I'm, you know, I'm just not Mr. Superfan about it or whatever. Right. And even for me, I was like, is, is this like totally made up? Like, does this, right. they got like this big giant stadium yeah. just to have the draft day or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, does that really happen? I mean, it's sort of like if you take a normal person, right? right and you're watching some movie about like behind the scenes of like the world magic the gathering or the tournament world, or, or something you know like these. some total yeah. you know something right. that like people have no idea that goes right. on unless you're right in, in that, that world yeah and you go yeah it's huge it's the biggest thing ever and people yeah. are going what it's even bigger than that and, and like, then you watch the yeah. movie about it and you're going oh my god yeah. they really do that i mean so for me a lot of it was what? Yeah. I just, yeah. And, and then the other thing about this movie that I thought was a little weird, although they did mention some things in the movie where they said something about, you know, during this year, like somebody's clock ran out and yep. 
crazy shit happened or whatever. Yeah, they lost their pick. But there's so, so if you're not as involved in it uh, like me, yeah. right? There's a little bit of a weird fakiness that it seems like it's there, yeah. even if it's not. Yeah. E- even if it's not actually fake, it seems like it's fake because it just seems like none of this ever happens. Right. You know, because what happens is everybody knows exactly what they're doing. One of my problems. Way before. And so yeah. it's like, let's throw a monkey wrench in it, except it seems like a monkey wrench that could never happen. Right. So that kind of you know, takes the edge off of all this tension that they're trying yeah. to build. So anyway. Well, it's interesting. One of my problems with draft day is that even though I enjoyed it and I'm going to give it a seven, you know, and, and most of that is, if not all of it is on Kevin Costner's shoulders. Yeah. Like, again, we're lucky to see a bunch of Costner films in right. the last six months. And I'm a big Kevin Costner fan. And I'll do more of this when we push past this. But a lot, it's interesting that you just said it because my, one of my biggest complaints about the film is that it's not true to itself. The film actually, the characters tell each other the plot when in real life, right, they would right. never need to tell each other. Like I'm calling you at this hour. Cause I know I got two hours left. Like you right, would never right. say that if you were really watching this happen. Right. And it's for people who don't understand how draft day works. You know, it's, it's to basically almost like the way a play does a narrative sometimes to explain overly what you're watching and seeing. Cause they right. want you to be in it. Right. And I, I felt the same way. I felt like there were times when I'm watching this where I'm like, you guys are just wasting time explaining right. the obvious. And someone on the other phone should just be like, the hell are you telling me this for? I know that. Shut right. up. You well, know. and it's – but it's, in a way, it's effective too because I think your average person, like you said, doesn't really know. I mean for the super elite, for the super fans – they're going to always know, right. like, draft day. Well, they're, they're going to get off on it anyway. They're there. <laughs> but for the average person who really is a Kevin Costner fan, and for once he's not building a baseball field or throwing a baseball at all, like, maybe that's hopeful. Right. You know, and, and I didn't think it was the reason that it's only a seven, but it certainly is kind of weird because you're very aware of it when right. it happens. Right. You're like, man, they're just exposing the narrative. So Right. And, you know, there's also there, there's a bit of stuff going on there where – it's kind of hard to make sense of it, even when they're explaining it to you. A little bit, which yeah. which is a little weird. In you know, because if you know, like I said, if you're not a super football fan, you're probably not watching the movie anyway, right? right. So it doesn't it doesn't right. maybe it doesn't matter, right? Because right. maybe people are not just strolling into this off the street unless they're huge football fans anyway. I could kind of understand the one person they were talking about when he might get picked seventh, but if he doesn't get picked seventh, then he's going to get picked eighteenth, nineteenth. He might go to the second round. Yeah, because all these teams going back don't need that position. Yeah, and that could be a big deal. And then if he goes all the way to the second round, then then that means something. Right. Who knows? Right. Well, it means you're going to get a lot less money or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of understand that. When they're talking about the guy who's going first, yeah. who's like, you know, the next god of football, right. quarterback, whatever, supposedly, right. or that's what everybody thinks, and he's, he's the guy who's clearly going in the first round no matter what. Then when, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, that when he doesn't go in the first round, yeah. all pissed off. Right. And, I, and it's like, really? How I get does that, that make any difference? Yeah. I mean, d- well, you make, uh, you you make know, a lot anyway. more money if you're the first pick. 
and it's at this point it's ego. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And, yeah, but see, I think and that guy's getting, but he, same, that guy's getting the same amount of money no matter where he gets picked. Wow. I mean, if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna spend a whole movie telling me he's the next greatest football player that ever lived, yeah. If it turns out that you know one team already has the world's greatest quarterback well, and they don't want a quarterback, and it's almost wherever like, he goes, yeah. he's still getting this. I don't know. It's just typically the guy that wins the Heisman award is the first round pick, like because he's the best player. And when he's not the first or the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth or the, you know, if on and on, he's not the first pick, that kind of rattles things up a little bit. But anyway, so anyway, that'll be fun to get to. Whatever. Draft a, uh, not as big, we'll, not as disparaging. We'll, you could, we'll you move could really, on to that. You could really sink the show by always going about five, five and a half and never having a bigger disparity than Captain America. That's I right. I, that. I could just say, no, eh, five, we can't way. have a difference. Yeah. I've decided that there can be <laughs> well, no difference day. because that's it. Okay, so now we got a couple things to get to before we really dive into the movies that come from sort of. Yeah. Dog on the loose. <laughs> that, that come from uh, viewer emails. One of them only kind of comes from viewer emails. Actually, both both of <laughs> How did that work. <laughs> both of them only kind of come from viewer emails in, okay. in a way. Okay. But the first one, uh, the email comes to us from Carrie in New Mexico. All right, Carrie, giving us a but place. But here's the awesome thing about it is okay. that Carrie has sort of. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Carrie has uh, been listening to us for a while, cool. she claims. I, I have no verification on that, but that's what she, she says. Take them at the word. Carrie has created like a cabal of people to email us. <laughs> really? Because she really wants us to do something. This is cool. And it's something that we actually talk about. So it's like she, hmm. she kind of took it from us and She's then, running and the then wants us to do it. Okay. Right? All right. And she has she has forced other people to email us and tell us also to do it. So Carrie has some influence. So it's like Carrie's army has. Yeah, all right. So, this is awesome. So we got emails from uh, Doug, Pete, Allison, Sarah, and I think Kira. Hi, Doug, is, Pete, is, Allison, is how you, Sarah, and Kira. That's how you pronounce awesome. that. Awesome. Who are who are who all will just do whatever Carrie tells them to? I guess. Don't say that on the air. And uh, you know, I don't know that they really listen <laughs> to the knows? show at oh, all. Okay. Who knows? I don't know. She's got some um, strings. But so here's the thing: we talked a lot about trailers. Yeah. Especially over the last couple of months. I love talking about trailers right? anyway. And uh, even going back, kind of, I think, I think when we really ran with it a little bit was uh, out, was this, of, out of the furnace. Was this when we would talk about what the trailer looked like and whether that was the film we were going to see or not? Yeah, that's sort of when we kind started talking yeah, about it because Out of the Furnace was very different. A totally different movie. Now, now the movie that uh, Carrie mentions is, was uh, Three Days to Kill. We talked about that yeah. trailer a lot because that movie totally was different. very different than the trailer, too. Yep. So what Carrie wants us to do is uh, give like a trailer report every week. Like, does, I love it. Does this movie match up match to the trailer? Like, if you yep. watch the trailer, is that actually going to give you a good idea of what you're going to see? I'm all over that. I because, love that idea. <laughs> because uh, that's just not it, what happens a it, lot. It, it and since we keep talking about it, right. I guess the idea is just to solidify that just to hit it. as okay. a part of the show. And that's cool because I think... 
I think we would have done that anyway moving forward. We just get sidetracked. You know, again, for anybody who's a new listener, right. we're just sitting here in the studio. We're just going to talk. Like, today you've got a big pile of notes. I do. But it's normally we, do, just, right. we just say what's ever on our head. Well, and you know, the, the producers shuffle in right. and out and give us notes. <laughs> yeah. And... So, but that's actually really cool. I don't mind, you know, because just like in the same way we would say, you know, we saw it last night. 3D, right, right. worth seeing, you know, skip it, it 3D, whatever. And once in a, it, cool. and, and you know, once in a while, it's like, uh, especially surprisingly, today. this one is doing horrible on Rotten Tomatoes, or right. it's doing great right. on Rotten Metacritic, Tomatoes, yeah. or, you know, Interestingly whatever. enough, I would have, I wanted to say something about the trailer about Draft Day, anyway, so right. that's going to work. Okay, so, uh, so we'll just do that. Right. Yeah. Because we'll just do that real quick because sure. we have to do everything really quick today because there's we're, too much. We're going to push. Yeah. So uh, Captain America, first of all, there's several different trailers. There there's 8000 clips on the Internet. You could see almost the whole movie if you really wanted to just by piecing together the stuff that. Yeah. They'll show you. I feel it's a pretty legitimate I, trailer. I think the trailers for that one really are pretty good. Yeah. Except. <laughs> they don't show how bad it is, right? Exactly. No, come on. Um, no, so the thing the thing that I will say about the trailer, I think the trailer is pretty accurate. The trailer is usually not going to give everything away right. anyway, right? Right. Except that what I would have liked to see in the trailer, even though I didn't end up liking the movie, so maybe it doesn't matter what I want, right? <laughs> yeah. The, I would have <laughs> liked it if they'd have given you a little bit more about what the situation was. You know, all yeah. all we really know is from the trailer is that uh Shield has these big helicopters. Captain America doesn't like it. Right. And the Winter Soldier shows up and starts blowing shit up. Right. But but we don't really know what the story is what the dynamic or what's or, right. what's kind of going on. Right. And it would have been nice to have like a little hint of that anyway. We see a we see some action shots and we see like clips from some of the, you know, main action scenes. Yeah. Even with the, you know, the flying suit, we get like a piece of the yeah. flying suit and the plane chasing him and everything. But we don't have anywhere to put that yeah. in, in kind of reference to what's going on. But other than that, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward trailer. Yeah, this agree. is probably not the movie Carrie well, really cared about. Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> I, think, I think it, like you said, amongst any of the seven spots that are out, it's going to pretty much give you the film right. that you're going to see. And Draft Day, now you got something to say about Draft Day, well, but I thought Draft Day was pretty good I yeah. guess. I mean it's you're not getting fooled by the trailer for draft day it's not yeah, like if, you're going to sit down and go what's this movie If you or? if you think of it like in terms of maybe like the easiest metaphor is like a, a target and it, it does it hit the bullseye kind of like it's not way off target but one of the things I thought was really interesting and a positive reflection for me and how I felt about the film was that the trailer that you see typically for it you get to see like this experience that he that Costner goes through up until the end of the trailer which is probably a 30 second spot and everybody's like yelling and he's losing he's looking like he's the rogue kind of like general manager trading everything away to get these things and right, he, right. you think I'm crazy watch what happens next like you right, see this right. stuff the movie builds to a point where I still know that's coming and it's like kind of like I'm like well when does this all get kind of crazy and hectic like he's got a decision to right. make but it does a good job at showing you something that the movie doesn't allude to until the very end. Right. 
And in that regard, I think the trailer builds a little bit more excitement where the film is a little bit more of a slow boiler. Right. But I was, I was really like when, by the time he comes in to phone the first ticket in, I was like, well, it's got to happen now because this is what we just saw. Right. And then it but doesn't. Not, and then it doesn't for a and long time. And then it time. doesn't. And then you go, wait, what's going on with this movie? It's not the right. first time that a trailer would show you footage in the trailer that actually isn't in the film. Right. And I actually thought maybe that was going to happen. So I was really interested in how the trailer showed the film. Uh, to me, and in a way still represents the film and does it very accurately, but still it shows like there's a lot more craziness right. than it eventually happens. And you do get there, but man, it takes a while and you almost think right. like it's not going to happen. And it kind of makes it for seem, me anyway. It kind of I... makes it seem like, um, you know, so clearly the movie is one day. Yeah. Right. And it, yeah. And the trailer makes it seem like, even though this clearly is a very crazy day. Right. Right. And there, you know, stuff is exploding every you know kevin costner's life is getting yeah, just every put angle, into the meat right, grinder yeah. from everywhere but the trailer makes it seem like you know maybe he's just like running yeah non-stop right. the whole day right <laughs> and that's not really what happens he's, he's either he right? seems like he's so. doing the executive version of keeper sutherland's 24 like he's got right, one right. day and it's everything that can happen happens right so and but that, i like and that kind of is what happens yep it's just that it doesn't it's happen at like a run. Right. Like the it's kind of like trailer. A the trailer makes yeah. it seem like, <laughs> you know, he's got, you know, like some from some old movie from like the forties where yeah. he's, where he's got like ten phones in front of him right. and he's got like right. four of them around his shoulder at any yeah. moment or yeah. something and it's all completely crazy and it's not like that. But yeah. Anyway. anyway. I like the idea, Carrie. That's a good and it, and it'll be fun. We can we can easily do that. That takes only a couple minutes. So. Right. So now the other thing, and what we have to Jesus. we have to go through this quick. I'm glad okay? we did. I'm glad we did the review. And so uh, yeah, so we'll have to run through this really quick this time, and then yeah. maybe in future uh, installments of this we'll do it differently. We but this is time. actually something that I mentioned, right? Okay. And you know we're just going back and forth, like you said, throwing random stuff out of our heads. Yeah. And then someone called me on it and said picked up good. on it and said, you should really do that. And oh, I'm like, oh, good. I don't Great. know about that. But <laughs> Sometimes so, we just throw so it out. So now this stuff. was several weeks ago, right? Oh, good. This is <laughs> easy to remember then. That I, that I mentioned it, right? <laughs> but over the course of the last few weeks, actually a few people have now mentioned it. So Great. now I'm going to do it. Now we're going to do it. <laughs> All right. What so we, we don't have to do it. And it's not like we'll do this every week either. Okay. Um, but what I had brought up was going back over the Oscars, old Oscars from oh, yeah. old years. I love right? it when like Entertainment Weekly does this every once in a and while. And then and then saying, okay, should, now let's look at want. those movies, yeah. right? So so some people said you should do, do that and uh, talk about the movies. So yeah, we're gonna Oscars. have to have the really quick version. So okay. now what I did though. If somebody sends us something in and mm-hmm. says, here's the year, do this year, okay. then we'll do that year. Okay. I guess. Otherwise, we'll right? not just But nobody, nobody did that. Okay. So I just set up uh, some, <laughs> some strange things with uh, random.org, right? And oh, okay. made it so that I wasn't going to get like 1932 or anything. Right. But had, it, last, like, but had it give me a number within a span that okay. I won't necessarily reveal, but okay. 
but I didn't want it to be, you know, a jillion years ago and I didn't want it to be last year. So I, <laughs> right. you know, so I, we're taking Argos. I made it a yeah. smaller okay. window or whatever. And what we came up with was uh, 1992. 1992. So this is so okay. this is the Oscars that happened actually in 1993. That's how that works, right? But okay. it's for the year 1992. Now, so okay, here, so here's how this goes. And like I said, we're going to have to do the really fast version of this, but we're going to give the universe at large a little uh, rundown of 1992, the whole shebang maybe just so you know what's going on and get re-familiarize yourself with 1992 that was, that was unforgiven's year right unforgiven one right okay okay yeah the other nominees are were a few good men howard's end scent of a woman and the crying game okay the box office that year okay was yeah. aladdin Home Alone 2, Batman Returns, Lethal Weapon 3, A Few Good Men, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, Wayne's World, Basic Instinct, and A League of Their Own. Okay. That's the, uh, top, the top, top, 10. top 10. A few other movies of note yeah. that uh, jump mm-hmm. out from 1992 were uh, Reservoir Dogs, Sneakers, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Last of the Mohicans, and Chaplin. I loved all of those. So now you take all those movies and then right. you kind of have you yep. get a feel for 1992. Yeah. Now, the question is, it's a two-part question, right? It's potentially a two-part question. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, I see. Sure, uh, unforgiven. Potentially, the, yeah. the question is, uh, the two parts are, of those nominees, yep. what should have won? Right. Okay. And then the second part of the question is, of any movie. Right. What should have won, even if it wasn't nominated. Right. Okay. So go. Right. That one's easy for me. Um, This is not a year where it's, you know, it's compounded by a lot of stuff. Like at first I thought it was silence, silence of the lambs, but that was the year before. And then I was thinking Schindler's list, but no, this was a year I thought pretty easily unforgiven should have won. And, among and those choices, among even even something like even Howard's without End, those choices, yeah, even even with Howard's End, which I thought was maybe the closest to fight it. I mean, the Crying Game had all the don't ruin the ending. The Crying Game just had hype. It had it I had think. a trick and it had hype before M Night Shyamalan made that into like a, a staple. Right, right. And 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 strangely enough, I well anyway, we digress. I just wonder if in an age of internet, if that could have lasted because I remember people actually holding the secret right, for a exactly. long time. Right. It was a, it was a long I mean, time a ago. A long time ago. It, and it was before you know everybody people would have told you right. on Twitter and right. And and I I thought that you know <clears throat> even though Pacino won percent of a woman, everybody agrees that he won because he'd never won before, and that right. was his that was his legacy thing. I, I loved a few good men, and. And maybe that should have had a chance. But, I mean, Unforgiven was the best film. It, it was thoroughly, like, not wholly original. But I thought Clint Eastwood was pretty much on his game all the way through. Right. And, and I, would have, I wouldn't have taken that away and given it to anything else. Okay. Even though I loved, even the films, like you mentioned, like Reservoir Dogs, everybody loves that in hindsight. And at right. the time, it was exploding everywhere. I saw Sneakers more in the theater than I think I'd seen any film in the last five years. I couldn't get enough of it. Right. I love that movie. It was so fun. Especially, like, you know, it's weird because I wonder, I haven't seen that forever. I don't know if I I want to watch it again. I wonder if it kind of holds up. But, like, at the time, I loved that movie. I did, too. And I'm... I'm really kind of thinking if if you watch it now, is it really Maybe. kind of the same? Does it give you the 
the yeah. same thing. If if someone had never seen it and they watch it now, right. Is, right. It, is it as cool? But this is a, man, I love it was this so game. fun. Yeah, I agree. And I love this game too. But this is a year I think Unforgiven holds on to it. Okay, now I think. Of those choices, and so we should give people some impression of where we are on this, too. I think of those choices, I would have to give it to Unforgiven, but mostly because I don't really like any of those other movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, I'm okay with A Few Good Men. I thought but, it was a fun Hollywood but movie. I did, but I didn't love it. Yeah. I w- you know, it's not like, oh, my God, you have to nominate that for Best Picture. Yeah. It was okay. Howard's End was really good, but I had actually a lot of problems with it too. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's a very critic-y movie. It's it like is. it's that's the, our house. It, that it's, our it's house the movie softer. that's gonna get nominated yeah. stuff and stuff. Scent of the Scent of a Woman I didn't even really like. I liked yeah. Al Pacino in it, but I didn't really like the movie all that much. Right. And I thought the crying game was just, you know, totally I, I thought yeah. it was a surprise to me that it got nominated because it got nominated really for hype, not because anything was awesome about it. I don't think anyway. So of the choices, I think unforgiven is the easy winner for me. I think if we did anything uh, just to jump in real quick, I would have unnominated the crying game and put another film in for nominated for best picture. That's the only change I would have made to 92. Is leave Unforgiven in, but I actually would have put something else in. Yeah, I don't because I don't think I feel the same way you did. I I liked the experience of the Crying Game and how people reacted to it, but I didn't think it was great. So now uh, the second part of the question, which is really yeah. rough, and like I said, uh, you know, I met, we mentioned some other movies, Reservoir Dogs, everybody like that, and and, 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 and yeah. uh, other movies that uh, have kind of lasted that people like and everything like last the mohicans and glengarry glen ross yeah. so i really liked unforgiven a lot yeah but here's the thing it, it's sort of like i have a sneakers question with it although yeah. actually i've seen unforgiven again fairly recently yeah um i mean you know probably three or four years ago or something like that and I didn't love it as much anymore. Yeah. And I really, really loved it when it came out. I didn't, I didn't really think, oh, my God, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. But right. I really, really liked it. But now that it's all this time later, yeah. you know what movie <laughs> that we've uh-huh. said so far that really I still have massive positive feelings for what? is Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah. I really love that movie still. As as a as a I don't know I don't know if I'm saying that that's what should be the best picture of the year, but uh, I as still a guy, really like it. As a guy amongst guys, you know, I'm not one of these bros who's like, you know, the new stereotype is you're a bro. But as a guy amongst guys, we we've got guys we play poker with, and they all quote Caddyshack left and right when we're all in the room together. Right. Not a week goes by, not a week that I don't quote Glengarry Glen Ross <laughs> right. to somebody that I know somewhere. Right. It, it is like my Caddyshack. And to those that I joke around with and talk around with, somebody's always talking about a set of steak knives. Right. Or, you know, someone's just sitting around waiting for you to pick up your coffee so they can say, right. put that coffee down. You know, right. you know it, it, it is a film that has stayed with me for so long and that I loved so much when I saw and it. And it is, it is so fun, and it's really so, like, tightly written. It is. And it, there's only, like, six people in it. Everyone is so good you know? in it, yeah. and it's got such a, like, crazy awesome cast. And I remember, now that you bring this up in a strange way, not that the crying game should have gotten bumped, 
But I remember people talking about how if Pacino was going to get a nom, it should have a nomination. It should have been for Glenn Gary. Right. Like, Son of a Woman was too over the top. Like, he had to outdo himself to get noticed. But he's real subtle. And it's very, you know, um, Son of a Woman is so kind of like overplaying for the masses kind yeah. of kind of a movie yeah you know and but i will say this too um i really so i really like glenn gary glenn ross obviously but you know i'm pretty disappointed that last of the mohicans didn't get more yeah. attention at the time and maybe even nominated yeah because that movie's awesome it is awesome and I, that stands I, up i saw that a few years ago yeah that's that's in time that's just right. great all the time and i mean it's just every time I watch it, I never yeah. go, yeah, I'm watching this too frequently, yeah. you know, or every, well, every, every time, couple of years. I every watch time that I've movie. seen, uh, I've seen it. And sometimes it's on pay and sometimes it's just on a movie channel. And I keep thinking, oh, I should fast forward to this next scene. And I'm thinking, wait, I really love this scene. Right. And I never want, I want to fast forward, but I'm always in the scene that I love right. as well. So anyway. Okay. So then that's that. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. so once in a while we'll do that. Yeah, and if somebody gives uh, and us that's a year. something especially that if somebody gives us a year, if you have your year, right, and you think that you don't like, won, right, or whatever, like the way you know, it went. yeah, and you want to, you know, get our take on it. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever. Anyway, okay. So now, Captain it's, America. It's no, you love Captain it, it's America. It's no surprise that we've got only twenty minutes left of the real show, the live show. We'll to go do, over to do two movies, and we will likely go over. But the film that you hate the most. You know, Captain America, not out of all the films, but now we've got no time to talk about it. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised you really hated it less than average. I, I thought that the film started really strong and really fun, you know, with him doing laps around. I, I was good with the beginning. When did, you, when did you actually, like, fall off? Like, okay, so is there a specific thing it, that happened? Here's the, the main problems I have with the movie. And it since, almost sounds since you like, really like it, you're okay. You don't have to defend your liking it. No, and it, just, it almost sounds like the time you felt. Because the only blump, bump that I felt like it was kind of weird was when they went and attacked the, the ship. Like, it was kind of like, this is almost like a weird, unnecessary thing to show character. Was that when it lost you? Like when you started to kind of lose away from no, I'll tell you here's here's the thing for me, and uh, you know as much as I like a lot of other uh, comic book movies, mm-hmm. and you know I like the I like all the Batman movies, the yeah. the new Batman movies, the Avengers, Iron Man, yeah, yeah. I liked the first one of this. Uh, yeah, the, the I liked Captain the America. first Captain America pretty well, but at the same time, like even when we saw the Avengers. And we really both liked it. Yeah. You were like, "This was this rock. This is awesome." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it was good." It was you fun. know, I mean, it was. Right. I'm just maybe slightly removed, even though I mean, I'm a big yeah, comic yeah, yeah. book fan, right. which is kind of different. But anyway, when you when I'm watching this movie compared to like the Avengers or even Thor, although I don't like either of the Thor movies quite as much as a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Iron Man movie, Iron Man 2 was a little rough for me. And then Iron Man 3, I really didn't like the whole yeah. Mandarin thing because yeah. it just became goofy, right? Right. But when you look at this movie compared to, like, the Avengers or any of the ones that really do stuff good, like the first Iron Man movie, I loved, too. Mm-hmm. And I really liked this one. <laughs> the problem for me here is that when you're in a comic book world or you're, you're putting together something that comes out of comics, 
One of the reasons I hated Iron Man 3 was because uh, most of the actual plot of the movie yeah. was almost like you're making fun of people who watch comic books. And it was like we somebody who doesn't read comic books got a synopsis of how the characters are supposed work to work together yeah. or something. Yeah. And said, I don't know, people who read comic books are stupid, so I'll write this stupid thing and then they'll like it, right? Yeah. And this movie was like that, like to another power. The story of this movie, once we get to what the bad guy tale is and yeah. how the bad guys work or whatever, it's the dumbest story ever. And it doesn't make sense in like a jillion different ways. Yeah. And the whole the theory of what the bad guys who are are kind of not even bad guys really the bad guy is just a I don't know if we're gonna give everything away that happens in the movie, but first of all, the bad guy is stupid. If there's an ultimate bad guy, right. the bad guy is stupid. And the whole plot of what they're doing doesn't make any sense. The way that they're going to solve it, I mean, the way the good guys are going to solve the problem doesn't make any sense. And, and the whole thing just, as soon as we get to the part where we kind of have an idea of what's really going on, everything after that was just some guy in a chair going, I'm going to make lots of money because you're dumb. <laughs> That's the whole movie. Yeah. That's the plot. I mean, that that could be the official synopsis of the movie is you're so dumb you'll give me money. That's what this movie's about. Huh. Well, it's certainly it's But it certainly had in, it had some good stuff too. It's certainly in, <laughs> no, I understand. But I saying. hated the story. It, it's certainly in the second wave of this Marvel grand plan. And and one could argue that that's like in a trilogy, the first in, introduces characters, the second is when the bad guys always win, the third is when heroes are supposed to triumph. It's not really following that per se, but there is like an arc you can kind of see that's happening. And I, I, my one of the biggest problems that I had with the film was pretty much centered around the big climax, which felt to me just like the same thing that happened in other films we've seen by them already. Right. Like, okay, we're on a helicarrier again. It was like a half of the and Avengers and a half of like part of Thor. A little bit, yeah. And, stuff, and then it was feel, just like kind of mush it together. It didn't feel like the same film that it had started out to be. And that's not to say like what Carrie had us do with the trailer, but you know, the first Captain America film I thought was really great, and instead of it being a superhero movie about war, it seemed to me like it was a really good war movie that happened to have a superhero in it. Right. This film, I wouldn't have thought it would be so easy to kind of drop Captain America's character um, into like a political thriller. But it, it, it was. Like, I right. like the idea that, and we are kind of, even though we're getting close to the end of the story, in a way it's a little bit tricky to talk about this without some spoiler stuff, but, right. you know, not giving major things away, like Hydra, which is the big anti-shield in the comics, is now everywhere. And right. they're infiltrating shield, and there's all these problems with who to trust, who not to trust. And I like the metaphor that <clears throat> that, that could be seen in some way as like two political parties going at each other, and they're both going to be in power, blah, 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 blah. But I had a lot of fun watching Captain America become basically a political thriller starring a superhero in the same way I liked the original. I like all the supporting characters. Everybody was really fun to watch. Everyone was good. In, it, it, in almost everyone, almost everyone was everyone. good. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was a certain bad guy that I thought yep. was uh, yeah. really weak 
It was mostly the, compared to everybody else. It was it the was jawbone all, guy, right? It was the guy who was like when Cap jumps off without a parachute, yeah. he's like, he didn't have one. Yeah, I thought he was the weakest of them, yeah. but he was supposed to be super badass and right. it, whatever. You know, like, it, one of the fun things for me was as a comic book fan, seeing all the stuff that happened um, throughout, like just the little touches, although that doesn't make a great film great. It just makes a fun film better for me. Right. Like when Cap is still... You know, he's running laps and he meets the he meets his friend and he's talking about all these things he's got to do and he whips out this pad of paper and he's got things on it like who's Steve Jobs? Watch right, Star right. Wars, you know, try Thai food. Yeah, a know, lot of the, like a lot of that stuff like, was good. A lot of the stuff at the beginning and yeah. then also just a lot of stuff that has to do with uh, their relationship. Yeah, and, and I thought and that was really, really all the, strong. All the scenes they do together, a lot of that stuff was good really and fun. fun, and a lot of the beginning was really cool. Like you said, it was almost kind of like you don't get the end of the movie you started watching yeah. because you start watching this thing, and you're going, oh, so this is what's going on. Right. And then all of a sudden they go, aha, it's, right. uh, <laughs> it's, this it's that, like yeah. the Muppets are like the villain or something. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's I don't know about such that. a dumb story yeah. that it's really almost like, you know, it's like reading one of those what if comics. And it's like, what if Captain America had to fight someone who's really dumb? I don't right, know. Right. right? It's right. like, and what would the comic look like? But this yeah. is a, and you know, another thing that I didn't like, I liked most of the stuff that doesn't pertain to the story. Okay. Yeah. The story I hated. But I liked a lot of scenes in the early part where they're kind of showing you, you know, sort of how Captain America is a little bit more acclimated to the world now, mm-hmm. now that he's suddenly in the future and has right. to get used to things. And like you said, you know, he's got the notebook because he doesn't know. And right. He's, he's, everything's new to him. He's, so. uh, we get the idea that maybe he's just spent a few weekends Googling everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. And trying to figure out what's going on. And yeah. so that, a lot of that stuff was pretty cool. And... Uh, I liked a lot of the stuff that builds up to something because the movie really, even though, like we said, it doesn't tell you in the trailer, it doesn't even tell you in the movie right. for like a long time. For a lo- yeah. It doesn't tell you what, you're, what it is exactly that you're up against for yeah. a long time. And all the stuff before that is really pretty good, except the one thing that I didn't like was uh, a lot of the fight scenes don't make any sense. For me, anyway. A lot of the fight hmm. scenes seem to me like they were made by somebody who doesn't read comics, doesn't actually know who Captain America is, doesn't know how to make sense out of a comic book fight scene. Because, much like in The Man of Steel, yeah. there are a lot of fight scenes <laughs> that pay no attention to physics, right? right. There, there, are, there are fight scenes where you know Captain America will punch somebody so hard that you know they'll he'll send them flying like 50 feet and run into a steel wall yeah and then he'll get up again and he's a regular person and he'll get up again and go you know oh darn you captain america right yeah where the guy would have been turned to jelly i'm not if sure. you could do that right I, yeah and then captain america will you know he'll jump through walls and do yeah, all this stuff, stuff that uh, do all this stuff that doesn't hurt him or right. do anything to him and then some normal person will punch him and he'll get knocked over yeah and it 
you know, it can't all be true. Right. And when right. you one or the other, well, you start spinning it all into one fight scene. All of a sudden, you're going, wait, what, what? How? You know? And I don't know. It, I must have. I missed, didn't like. A I lot must of have that. missed a couple of those. I saw a bunch of henchmen getting laid out. But I never saw the same guy get up and shrug it off. But uh, I agree. That, that one first fight after he yeah, jumps after he either. jumps off the ship. I'll tell you and what. Then he has to fight that. I think I remember the main bad in. guy or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. One of the things that was weird for me is that, and this doesn't. It, this will give you something, but it doesn't give everything away. There's there's a main character that we see die not very long into the movie. When this person dies. This is pretty much a call that you have to make to the other Avengers. Like the rest of this film, if you believe that this film happens the way it should, doesn't happen the way it should. Because at that's this point, another thing I was thinking this is during a big the movie. Thing, this actually. is a big thing that was a problem for me is that when this character dies, it is actually rather important and to let nobody, other, nobody calls Iron Man. You don't have to call everybody. You don't <laughs> right. have to find Bruce Banner. You don't have to find Thor. You, but you probably got to put a call in Tony Stark. And this right. is the kind of call that he'll take. And then things change. Like, then you've got to see other things happen in the film. They've done very well in the other individual movies to show why other people don't get called. Like, even though I disliked the third Iron Man film a fair amount, right. he actually addresses this. Like, at one point, the kid just says, why don't you call the Avengers? And he goes, no, I've got to do this on my own, kid. This is, I've got to work this out. And I believed him. Right. Because it was it was not earth shattering. Right. This has the potential to weave in something that I, I know you dislike a lot sometimes, but it's so topical to have drones be like this political thing that we now have to talk about in every film and every book and every TV show. And the the idea for the film is that, you know, Shield has made these protective helicarriers that have an ability to ice problems, as Nick Fury says in the trailer, we're going to eliminate stuff before it becomes a real threat. And this is a huge moment for Captain America because he's like, look, that's not what we're fighting for. That's not what I wear this uniform for, and that's not what I signed up for. And there's a real cool scene there that happens about modern-day technology and protection versus, you know, the glory days. And I wish that had gone on a little bit more. But that's something that Captain America has to deal with throughout this film. Yet that whole thing didn't feel like a MacGuffin because it really is the bad guy. Like later, Hydra takes the helicarriers over and they right. can start eliminating millions of people in just one push of a button. I'm kind of like, yeah, you need some backup now. You got to get, you got to get somebody in, right. you know. And, and it was distracting because in in the eventually, end, it almost eventually it, the way it plays out, it does it become distracting. And in a way, even though I really love to hate this film. And by film, I mean Star Trek. Like, it reminds me of when Eric Bana is like a miner, a space miner with just a space thing, and he's the bad right. guy. And I mean, like, come on, really? Right. This, is your, this is where all your eggs in the basket are, in this one thing. And it seems kind of silly, and it feels kind of like we've done it before. I concede that that part of the film isn't the best, but everything that leads up to it, I had a blast with. I mean, I really, I, I can't stress enough how fun it is to see Chris Evans this is like his this is his third time doing it. He's so cool and comfortable as Captain America and everybody else around him is great and if you don't think about that end of the story I guess it's a lot more fun. Yeah, but uh, that's why it didn't rate I, a lot higher for me. I that. agree actually. If you don't think about the story of this movie, you're in for a good time. And now, I don't know that and Now I, if you're if you will actually show up to a movie where that's the endorsement that you get, well, then, and I understand, then you should go watch I, this movie. And I think there's two sides to this. I think one could say, look, it's a comic book film, it's a Captain America film. What are you thinking so hard about it anyway? Okay. But don't represent this as being a new age political thriller either. 
Because a political thriller, by definition, is supposed to be a little brainy. It, one quick thing I'll say, because I know you've got a clip, and we're getting close to the, the end of the live show anyway, before we're even talking about Draft Day. But one thing that was really cool, and I didn't even get a chance to ask you if you saw this, was one of the little Easter eggs is when uh, Robert Redford, who's who's playing one of the suits in the film, like right. when Captain America is in his place and he opens up his refrigerator, did you notice that there was Newman's own sauce in his refrigerator? No. It was awesome. I almost jumped up and was like, holy crap! Because I love seeing Paul Newman and Robert right, Redford right. together, and even though they're only a couple films together, like famously Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but I saw that and I went... That's so friggin' cool. Yeah, that that's totally so happened friggin' by cool. Accident, you know? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't even talk to you. <laughs> that just. Uh, All right, but I know you have one they, clip for they, Captain America. They so sent an intern oh, to God. the store to no, fill up this no. refrigerator. That was red for someone going. You know what would be cool? They you had look like some, they eat oh, Okay, something. come on. <laughs> that could be it. You don't know. All right, uh, sure. We'll play the uh, the clip, and this is actually kind of cool because it's uh, Chris Evans talking about. Uh, his relationship uh, w- with Wilson, except what's his name? <laughs> Wilson? The volleyball and castaway? No. Who's Wilson? Who the hell is Wilson? Um, you the know, Winter Soldier? The, the, guy he, the guy who flies around with the suit. Oh, the Black Falcon. Yeah. Where I'm like, Wilson? His, his, he, name, is, he go his name is something Wilson in, okay. the, in the movie. I'll right? look this up while we're listening to this. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Wilson. He's talking like, about what? Him. I like the relationship between Cap and Sam. I think they each maybe have trust issues. I think they've each been on the front line. They've seen battles and lost friends. And I think Cap deals with a certain level of celebrity. The fact is, people do know who Steve Rogers is. We don't always explore it in the film, but I always interpret Cap as having a certain sense of loneliness, given the fact that everyone knows who he is. He is famous. And I think as a result, it makes him... I think he's a little suspicious of people's motives when they approach him. And I think they, they wrote a really nice scene for Sam and myself, for Mackie and myself, where you kind of see that he's not after that. He just, he respects Cap. He knows what he's going through, and I think Cap senses that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Sam Wilson. Okay, now I understand. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> and yeah, that is, I, that I is could, a cool scene. I couldn't, I couldn't think of uh, the Black Falcon at the right. time, right? Anyway... Um, yeah, I think that whole part of the movie is done well. It's really and it's well. cool. And what I think is cool, and uh, you know, he's talking about trust issues there and stuff. And yeah. I think it is really cool. And it's not like this movie invented it by any means. Right. But I think it is really cool when you get those parts of spy movies or political movies or uh, yeah. you know the things where. You know, there's a million movies where you have somebody in Captain America's position where all of a sudden it seems like maybe everyone's actually the bad guys. And I didn't know that I was in the group of bad guys, right? Yeah. And you get to be in a position where you can't trust anyone you know. Right. And you have to find someone you don't know to trust, which makes no sense. Right. And and it always works. You know, that's, that's the position you know, characters find themselves in. And that's, that's usually really interesting. Yeah. I agree. A- and it works pretty well here too. I love, I love this part of this movie specifically, because it doesn't really show up so much in the other film. And there are nuances like what 
Chris Evans was saying, like he goes to the museum and he's literally like trying to hide who he is. But again, Captain America is this massive man and this little kid sees him. And he's like, Shh, don't, right. don't, don't right. Let, just let me be here. And he's like, cool, you know, whatever. But it, it's an interesting parable to see like Captain America represents the glory days of America, like when right. everything was Superman and apple pie and truth, justice, American way. And you drop him in today's world, you know, in today's America. And can he be still for what he wants to be? And can he still stand true to himself and all these conflicting forces on him in every way? And I think that's really interesting. I think, I think is, all of that part is really interesting, too. Yeah. Except that <laughs> what, we're totally going to run out of time right. uh, for the live show. So if you're listening live... Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Right. At some point in the middle of a sentence, this will end. And right. uh, please just, download just, the rest of the show. You just have to go get it yeah. from uh, the rest iTunes of the show. We'll do draft day there. I like that movie uh, that we start watching. Yeah. But then at a certain point, what what happens is you know like Doofenshmirtz shows up and he's got the uh, <laughs> people against Hydra eliminator that. or yeah, whatever, right. and, and right. he's gonna and he's gonna like you know shoot cotton candy at the world or whatever the hell. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, the whole yeah. the whole plot is stupid. And like I said, the whole theory of what they want these things to do is stupid. Yeah. Their their whole grand scheme where it it's kind of one of those things where you know like when you're watching a heist film that's gone wrong, like right. not like not a good one. And and someone has this scheme to like rob a bank or whatever and then then you see them go through all the stuff and they steal like 5 million dollars and it right. cost at least 50 million dollars <laughs> right. to do all this crap they did. Yeah. To, yeah. Like if you could do what they have to do to make this happen in this movie, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't have to do this. Anything. You yeah. wouldn't have to do this for sure. You wouldn't have to do anything. You could just flip a switch and the world would be yours. Right. But no, they have this like completely donkey thing that they're trying to do where they're going to just ice a bunch of people and with the flying doomsday machine it's like it's like robert redford at one point turns around and goes let him see the power of the fully operational yeah you know, a nader or right. whatever. I, I still think that the movie is primarily <clears throat> a conflict of things. And that even though the final battle takes place with a thing that I don't wholly think is the most exciting, it didn't distract it for me. Like that, that big final battle with all the helicarriers, it, it didn't I don't hold even, everything. I, for I didn't me. even really mind the final battle itself. It's just, uh, the the actiony part of yeah. the final battle. The only problem I had with that is that that made no sense either. Right. Because yeah. once you're once you're taking these chips out of the stupid thing, which for one thing, if 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 some point movies would finally get past the idea that you know computers are like magic boxes or right. something, and like you we know, just need to get to a terminal. If, if we, if we, I know. <laughs> It's like, you know, all you have to do to, you know, cause this thing to fall out of the sky is, is pull this, pull this one thing. Yeah. Like, first of all, that that angle is really pretty goofy, right? Mm-hmm. But then it adds a bunch of more goofy angles to it, right? Yeah. It Not only do you have to do it to all three of them, right. which doesn't make any sense. Right. But not only that, really, all you got to do is there's like 
a hundred of these things, and it's like take out the right one. Yeah. We we have no reason to believe any of them know that they're taking out the right one. Right. Even though there are hundred, there's yeah. like a there's several a dozen of them in this of giant them. panel. Nah. But but they could just pull all the damn things out of the panel, right? And yeah. that would do something. Yeah. Even if it was wrong, who knows? I don't know. It just it was all like uh, once it started talking about what the plan was and it got away from, you know, because like we said, it's almost like there's two movies going on. Yeah. The one movie is really cool. Right. The other movie is like uh, some other sequel to 1970s James Bond that never existed that was written by like a 12-year-old. How <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, really I feel... I get it. I also think the other thing... I, I, I thought Jaws was going to show I up don't, at one point. And I don't think that this is a whole excuse, because I'm not trying to make excuses, but I also think that it served very well to be a bridge to the next story, too. I think it sets up... Well, sure, um, but who cares? Well, well I did. I did. <laughs> and, and before... Because we're going to move on, because I know we don't want to do a two-hour show. No, um, we're going to move on we uh, saw for it, a bit. We saw it. There's uh, There are two special endings... The very last one is probably not necessary it's at all. You have to sit through 15 yeah. minutes. But the, the first one is... Um, the first one is fairly quick. It's fairly quick, and it's about you know a minute and a half after the credits end. And the credits end in a very comic book art deco kind right. of way. That's not bad to watch anyway, but there you go. Right. And, okay, and here's America. the one other thing that I want to say about the movie, uh, even though I hate it. Most of the time when you have these comic book movies, comic book movies are... A kind of rough thing, and you got to at least give them the fact that it's hard to do because right. you have to make the movie for the people who know all the characters, know everything that they do, probably know what's going to happen in the movie, and you have to make them like it anyway. Right. And then you also have to make it for people who don't know what's going on. It's like, you know with the X Men, right? Right. You've got people who know everything you're going to do with the X Men and what all their powers are and who they all are and everything about them. And you have to still make the movie interesting to them. You're either going to change the universe of the comic book character, which will piss off all the fans. Right. Or whatever it is you do, they're going to know what's coming and they, they know the surprise, whatever it is. Right. And it's a tough balancing act to do. And most of the comic book movies that we've seen in the last like 10 years or whatever have done a really good job of it. I think even if the movie's not good, that aspect of it has been done really well. Right. In this movie, I didn't like the winter soldier for people who know who he is. Right. So for the people who know the comics, right. I thought they didn't do a good, a great job with the winter soldier. It was it was much more like they were leaning towards let's pretend no one knows who it is and they only know Captain America from the first movie. Yeah. Because they try to they overly try to make it a surprise and then right. they overly play up the emotion of everything yeah. that comes after it. And I thought it just was a little bit goofy for the people who know everything already yeah right and it's and it's interesting too because in the comics at least this is this is an interesting thing that's happening in real time for the film chris evans has actually said like i'm not going to keep acting forever right. i'm taking a t- i'm taking time off here as soon as right. i clear my marvel you know avengers schedule i'm taking a break right 
And who knows how long that's going to be. He's a guy with great talent. He's clearly comfortable. And by the time we get there, he might change his mind. He might. And who knows? Who knows whether he needs a couple years or ten. But strangely enough, in the comic, um, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, takes over as Captain America at some point. Right. And it's really interesting that the guy, the actor playing Bucky, just signed a huge long-term deal. So we may actually be seeing like this take place, like literally follow the comic at some point. But. We'll see. That's really far in advance. Right. So. That, that could be interesting. Okay, so uh, draft day. What do we uh, have, let's say, about draft day? Actually, since we don't have a lot of time, I really want to play this Kevin okay. Costner clip uh, where he's talking about Jeffrey Garner because, as I said, I think it's kind of hilarious. If it will turn on. You have to write it first. So then you write this great character and you think, okay... Who can play it? And that list starts to shrink. It really starts to shrink. And in our instance, we had to have somebody that had this all-American look, that, that was a cheerleader, right? Grew up loving the Browns, um, but had this native, you know, but, but had a work ethic that, that took her to college, and she became an intern. And out of intern, she probably went to law school. And out of law school, she, you know, she parlayed all her education into the team that she loved, the Browns. And Jennifer just looks like that girl. And, and I will say, I have to give him that. Yeah. She, she, looks, looks, she looks like that girl. Yeah. And here's the weird thing that I... That, uh, <laughs> Time to bash on Jennifer Garner. That, that possibly Kevin Costner has forgotten about a yeah. little bit. There are other elements involved in acting and picking people people for roles that over the years people have uh, come to find to be valuable other than do you look look like the person that we want you to look like and sadly though sometimes it's really just do you look enough like them well sure a lot of of the times it is but man i just did not buy her for a second it feels like every time in this movie it feels like this is like two or three times in a row now we've seen jennifer garner in something and you've almost been like it's not just her. There were other actresses who right. were like, can't stand her. I just I I can't. Yeah. You know, Jennifer Garner. I have had okay reactions to Jennifer Garner, uh, in a very similar way to uh, you know. Not long ago, I watched The Counselor with Cameron oh, Diaz, yeah, right. and my main response to that, uh, or at least to her being in it, was I just can't believe people keep giving her work. <laughs> Now she's yeah. now, but now she's coming up in a movie. Uh, I don't know, uh, Angry Wives or oh, yeah, yeah, know, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever right. the hell whatever it that is. is. Yeah. Um, so both of them, Cameron Diaz, not as much as Jennifer Garner because I really can't stand Cameron Diaz. But I really can't. Either yeah. one of them, right? It, in this movie that Cameron Diaz is about to be in, yeah, she's probably just fine, right? Because what does she have to do? She's in like some like. Basically, like a Three's Company sitcom, but a movie, right? right? And can she pull that off? Yeah, Probably. Sure. I have had okay <laughs> reactions to to Jennifer Garner, but I don't think there's any movie I can remember where she had to do anything serious. That I believed she was whatever she was, yeah, supposed to be. It feels like she. It feels like somehow she earned an an awful lot of credit for Alias, and then has rolled with that. Like through maybe miscasting or, 
you know, it's never been a thing. I don't dislike her as much as you do, especially in this anyway. I mean, I don't, I'm not raving about her. I thought she did fine. You know, she did what she had to do, but it's clearly not something where her husband, you know, who happens to be Ben Affleck is getting her roles because he's not casting her and stuff. You know, I mean, it's not this thing. She's, she's got something that, that studio execs really like and they put her in films and, well, yeah, people go to see her because they think that she's hot. So people will show up. That. I don't even get that. I don't, I don't either. But in this movie, the only scene that I liked her in was the one where she's uh, sitting at, at sit, the cafeteria. sitting in the cafeteria. Yeah. And for the most part, she didn't do any of that scene. Right. Right. <laughs> so, That's all Dennis Leary. So I, I liked her okay in that, but she did have to do – some stuff, you know, it's funny. and she did that stuff fine for me. Yeah, but all, but all the other stuff, I just you know when she starts talking about how she loves football, I don't believe her. When yeah. she's in the house at the beginning of the movie, that's a very weird. And scene. she's dating Kevin Costner. I don't believe yeah. they're dating. Right. Then he says something about uh, how they're going to be pregnant. And she's mad. I don't believe she's mad. Right. I barely believe she's a person in most of this movie. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, she just... She can't convey it. She just didn't, like, bring it. There's another scene later in the movie where she does pretty well when... uh, when Kevin Costner's in his office, this is what I was just going to say. And, she, and his mom and she comes and his ex-wife in, are there. Yeah, she comes in and he's like about to lose it completely. Right. And you know that scene was pretty good. She was she was okay in that, but a lot of it, man, she yeah. just she just was a big distraction for me. Especially since most of the time she's up against Kevin Costner, who's doing really good. Yeah, and she has to be in the same shot with him. There were a couple times they go into the closet. Right. She wasn't horrible there either, yeah. because mostly she just kind of any of the parts of the movie where she's mostly just kind of reacting to what the other person is saying. Right, she's good. was okay. Yeah, but, and again, but when she's got to like bring it forward right. herself and have other people react to her, I just right. didn't didn't do it. Well, it's interesting because I think there's something specifically missing from the first five minutes of the film. The way it starts. I understand now looking back. The way it starts is weird. But in the moment of watching it, I'm like, God, that's really like out of focus, like not literally out of focus, but there's something not really where it should be here. And they expect us to care too quick or we're supposed to understand something too fast. And they didn't do the work for it. Right. But they, the clock is running, literally. Like I right. cracked up in the first 30 seconds of the film. They just kept showing the damn clock. Because they show a clock. And I understand that the clock is running, again, literally in this film, because he's got one day and the clock, you're on the clock when draft day starts. It it just amused the hell out of me. Um, But I thought thought it was actually really interesting. The scenes that she's really good in are scenes she's just there. Right. Like, and and I was going to say the one where his wife and his uh, his ex-wife and his mother... I mean, you got to feel for the guy in the story. Like draft day is the biggest, most stressful, important day of their of their career, except unless you make the Super Bowl, and then that's the big day. And of course, his mom comes in with ashes. His right, ex-wife except, is there from New York. Except you know, only like everything if you that could buy happen. the movie. I understand. It, see, and that that was the thing that kept kind of coming up in my mind. Is that yeah? Look, this is the biggest, most serious, awesome thing. Yeah. Except only if you buy into the film. Yeah. Because there's still just a part of me that thinks that it's really not. Yeah. It, it is for like the 
fans watching, or it is for like the announcers who are there going, well, who's going to do what? Right. Is, oh my God, it's you know, and they're trying to hype it up and everything. But you know, it just really seems like one of those things that if you really had the documentary of draft day, right? Just be a bunch of guys sitting there. They all know what they're going to do right. like three yeah. weeks in advance, and you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, although apparently, sometimes sometimes there are things, and just a couple years happen. ago, yeah. Um, l- look, the, the film from the outset looked like a poor man's version of Moneyball to me. And, I, and I'm saying that it sounds like a, an insult. It really isn't. It just looked like it was more infomercial than documentary. Right. Like it, and it kind of feels that way still. It's almost like, it's it, almost like the, I almost expected to find out somewhere that Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, paid like a lot to make this look really good for them. Because I, I it's very favorable to the NFL. I, I was just going to say that there is sort of this overriding feeling that maybe the NFL is really financing this. It's like a so propaganda that piece in a way. A lot, yeah, right? I mean, and that's okay. Especially because if, there are some weird things. Yeah, that, I mean, that's whatever. Fine. It's like... Uh, but just don't up to it, you know. Right. There's, there's this weird thing. A lot of the movie felt very odd to me. And a lot of the movie, even like little things, where I would just go, why the hell are they doing that? Yeah. And, and, you know, one of them was that it started to get annoying. It almost became like a joke. Right. Was when they kept telling you where you, everywhere every yeah. team was and what team that. it was. Yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. I could understand they do it like the first time. Right. Or the or the second <laughs> yeah. time when we're in you know, they show the Seattle Seattle, home right. of the Seahawks. Yeah. And and they show the stadium and everything. Yeah. And and because that's where the other guy is, right? And yeah. then they show Cleveland, and yeah. they and and but they show it in this weird way, like it's you're playing the Madden game. It is, it and, like Madden and game. it's it's giving it's you the flyby before <laughs> really the thing or whatever, and it's it's weird. And I could give you that, right? But then they do it like eight, nine time. more yeah. times, yeah, I know. and you're I going, know. well, but what? Why are yeah. we? Why do we keep watching it? It's weird. But anyway, overall, I think still the movie is. You know, it it's average. It's yeah. I think there's a lot of this movie really that how good this is 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 dependent on what you bring to it. You know, yeah. It's like what how how interested are you in this? How much yeah. how much can you just kind of sit there and ride along with it and and let it take? You know, the guy. It's one thing for this to be crazy hectic day. And Kevin Costner apparently likes the fact that not only is it this day, but this is the day that everything in his life goes wrong. Right. And I just kind of don't love yeah. <laughs> love that about it. I think it's interesting that you know he's a real guy. He's got real problems. Right. His real problems don't all suddenly go away just because he's on the clock. Right. You know whatever it is. But, you know, does he have to be freaking Job about it? I mean, does he have to have, like, everything happened in, yeah. in his whole – everything that's happened to him in the last five years happened in the last five minutes? Right. I mean, that's if, – if, if anything, you know, there's enough complications with his professional life. Right. If you want to keep one thing outside of his life and you don't want it to be his mother who's on Twitter, you know, right. giving away the secrets and stuff – Deal with either his dad's ashes or deal with the fact that you've got a relationship with your secretary or deal with the fact that your girlfriend, who isn't your secretary, is pregnant. Do right. one of them. There's three too many. Right. You know, there's, there's enough stuff. And Kevin Costner is a, 
an incredibly able actor, even though he's not the most emotive actor, when he's under stress, you see it, you can feel it. He's right. really good at just like his physical acting to be like, man, I'm about to throw a computer into a wall. And then, right. then he's throwing a computer in the wall. But you really don't need to push everything on him in this way because then, you know, when, when his mom showed up and wanted him to spread his dad's ashes on draft day, yeah. you know, this is a woman who was married to, you know, his dad is this super coach. It was the coach of him for like forever, ever. And they right. named the practice field after him. His mom knows what draft day means. This is, this is a specific mother who's both, you know, her father and her, uh, her husband and her son or in this sport, she's not naive about it. Like yeah. she knows this is not the day to do that, it. That was one of the parts, was really, pushing. where I said, where I was going. You know, that didn't happen. And I loved, <laughs> right? And I loved the moment. The only moment that's worth anything from that whole sub story is when he sits down with Jennifer Garner and he's like, "Look, this is what really happened." And she's like, "Why didn't you ever tell me?" And he goes, right. "I don't like talking about it, but there have been so many stories already. Like, what does it matter? It's just noise now." Right. That's that's actually a great moment for him, and they could have figured that out somewhere else. But one of the things that that echoes for me is he's really good about these things. Like one of my favorite, it reminded me of one of my all-time favorite Kevin Costner films is like 30 years old. It's no way. And he's basically this guy. He's in, he's a he's trying to rattle everybody's uh, information. He's a military officer. He's doing all these things, and he's being pulled in every direction. And he just tries to block out all the white noise to figure out what he has to do. Same kind of thing in this. He's got people all over the place doing the weirdest. Sh- you know, one of the things that I thought was going to be annoying as another distraction, but was actually kind of cool, was the uh, the guy who was the temporary office guy. Right. Like, yeah. I liked him. He that, was another. That, that he was, was another cool new one. He was another nuisance, but he was really good. And he's and he's just one more thing that happens today is that he's the new intern, right? right? Uh, of course, this is the day when we <laughs> the one intern calls in sick right. or something. And so. the only moment I really feel now that I think about it that Jennifer Garner works are the two times when she defends him, when right. the other guy comes up and he's screaming at him, and she's like, "Don't scream at him. I'll get you this thing. Right, Leave right. him alone." And when Kevin Costner is like, I need her today, and he's like, you've got him today, just go on. You right. know, I mean, that's, that's okay, but the biggest distraction really is that it's kind of predictable. It's a little schmaltzy. Even though the end is really fun to see, you have to go through an awful lot to get to it. Right. And some of it was really unnecessary. Some of it felt a little pandering. If it was anybody other than Kevin Costner doing this film, I probably would have been at a five. It would have been terrible. But it is, it yeah. is really just fun to watch him maneuver through all of it and to go through the ups and the downs. It is. And even, uh, you know, a lot of the parts of the movie where we get specific different kinds of focuses on him mm-hmm. <laughs> or foci yeah. or whatever, whatever it is <laughs> yeah. we get on him like uh, several of the phone calls that he made yeah, right. to either the other general managers or to yeah. the other players yeah. or all the stuff where we're just really focusing on his character and how is his character going to deal with whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is really good. All the, every, phone call, every phone call he makes with the really interesting visual decision that they made to split screen with a revolving right. kind of split screen, which was really weird to get used to. And then I really liked it. Right. Um, but every phone call he makes up to even including the players where he's just like, 
it reminded me of his old Bull Durham days, where if you have a sports film and you can get Kevin Costner in it, he's the guy. You got to do it. Do it. Yeah. He's the, he's the man because he's just sitting there and he's like, just try to enjoy the day. Right. And I feel like everyone is just like, you got it, Bull. You know, I'll I'll do it. You know, whatever. But anyway, it, it was almost like you know there were uh, parts in this movie, and it's funny because he's not a player. So yeah. Right. It, it's just a sports movie. But there were a couple of times in this movie where he's just kind of sitting there. Yeah. And he's just sort of thinking. Yeah. And it made me think it was uh, kind of weird when it happened. It made me think I was almost expecting, you know, when he's uh, when he's in like the perfect day or the one where he's the pitcher. That's the perfect day, I think. Right. I I, I don't remember. But uh, there's the one where he's a baseball pitcher and he's like getting old and everything. Right. And when he really has to concentrate, like the camera did this weird like zooming in on him and it made this like weird noise and then all the other noise was gone. Yeah, I couldn't hear. Like I was expecting that to happen. Me too. (laughs) Which was weird. I'm like bringing that from another movie he was in. Right. But they have that same. It's like the exact same scene. Yep. They just don't do the cameramatics to it. Yeah. (laughs) Except the same thing. You know, speaking of sitting there, you know, one of the most... It, one of the most interesting moments of the movie for me, because it's just a throwaway moment, and it, it's expected, and you're sitting there. There's a guy who he really likes uh, in the draft. He's the one that you were saying earlier was like number six or seven. seven right. Uh, 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 Vontae Mack. That's and, right, right. And when, uh, when Vontae Mack actually gets drafted and they're showing the draft at the end, his reaction on the couch with his family it, the only way I would say I've ever seen anything like that is if you were watching someone win the Powerball. Right. Like his reaction and his emotion, and it's perfect, is like the, the greatest thing. Right. It just is perfect on this film. You know, it's just watching him do it, and then they cut away, and then they cut back again, and he just delves into it deeper for a few more seconds. Right. I, I was cracking up. It's yeah, just, that was it's really great. This is a weird film with a lot of guys who are kind of similar. You know, everybody knows Dennis B. Everybody knows Kevin Costner, Frank Langella. There were a bunch of other actors who were kind of like, oh yeah, he was in something, right. you know, and they all. Terry Crews is Terry Crews, Fonte yeah. Mack's dad, and, and he was he's, really he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right, so people will recognize him, but he's a he's a guy where even before Brooklyn Nine Nine, you would you'd see you'd him you'd see him, him again and go, he's uh, uh but Man, you don't what know. What a great scene <laughs> that was too, because he has his kid call. Uh, Kevin Costner and say like I got in a bad bar fight, but right, you know right. this was really what happened to us. And I love how Kevin Costner is the consummate sports guy. He's just like that was stupid. You don't ever do that. And he goes, Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. He goes, No, no, no. Did you hurt your hand? Because we're gonna need you to catch right, and throw. Right. And he was like, No, I guess I'm okay. Like that's perfect. Like right. that's that's such their world. But all right, we should uh, take off. This is gone uh, long enough. Yeah. Unless there's anything else about draft day, we need to get out. Um, nah. Next week. We'll be back, and I guess it's going to be Transcendence is like the thing that opens next week. Um, But we will uh, see you again next week, and that'll be interesting Johnny Depp craziness, I guess. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for showing up. And, you know, share, subscribe, like us on Facebook. That's what everybody says. Yeah, That doesn't make any sense here. But like us on Facebook. Uh, rate, give us a rating on iTunes and uh, tell all your friends and make them show up and get us more emails and we will have new and interesting yeah. uh, parts of the show. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 